Hello, hello. You've found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And today is Monday, the 1st of June, and Donald Trump has just called for military action against all of the protesters. And again? You haven't seen that yet? Well, I thought he's been doing that all along. No, no he's called... But more in a real official way. Yes. Oh, I read that there was some kind of edict he could do, but he hadn't done it yet. And then I went out for my walk, blissfully then, ignorant. While you were away, there was some kind of a law... From yeah. Seven. He enacted it. The I, Insurrection I, Act. Yes. I was listening to Jeffrey Tubin, who was on CNN, yeah. and I happened to have CNN because I just happened to want to see something called Quiz on AMC. So I had to get a free trial for okay. something called Fubo, which is this huge sports package. Oh, great. Four dollars a month. But I only just have a what you need. Trial. Just what I need, and it allows me to watch CNN. So we, Catherine and I, watched, and okay. it was quite the thing. He was making a speech. We came in near the end of it, but the speech was basically saying that he was going to send in the military to quell all of the protesters in all of the states because the governor okay. hadn't done a good enough job. Uh. Essentially, he was declaring war on the citizens of the U.S. And one very weird thing that he did was he got, it was either police or a combination of police and military individuals, and they cleaned the area in front of a church that is right by the White House. But he could appear unafraid and leader-like? Leader-like, and he went and held... He held a Bible. He held a Bible. Did you I see heard. It? it was very, very strange. He didn't say a word. He just stood there and then had other people come and join him. He had William Barr and Kelly joined him and some other people I didn't recognize. So it was all white people. Well, here's what I read at 4.30. It said a story about that, but it said, important note, it's not clear from Trump's Rose Garden remarks that he is yet invoking the Insurrection Act. Doing so requires him to issue a specifically worded proclamation, and he didn't do that tonight, though he could later in writing. Jeffrey Chubin said that he had the power to do that in right. Washington, D.C., but that he didn't actually have the power to override the governors. Okay. He may not. We heard from the governor of Illinois, Pritzker, and from Mario Cuomo, both of whom said that they were rejecting the idea that the military was going to come in and squash yeah. the peaceful protests. Right. They wouldn't do it anyway. Have you seen those towns? There was a town in Michigan near Flint somewhere where the sheriff actually sided with the protesters and joined them in marching. Oh. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it was really great. And I saw another instance of something similar on TV. I'm not sure what the location was, but there are places in the midst of all of this chaos and violence, there are places. There was another place where the cops took a knee with the protesters in and they sided with them. There's some little rays of sunshine. You know? Yes, it's all been very disturbing. We are about a mile away from Fairfax and Third, where the big protests were. Are we aware that that was? I going heard there were Melrose and Beverly, which I guess is that's practically the same, right? What probably happened was it went north from Third Street to Beverly and Melrose. Okay, uh, I'm guessing along Fairfax. Yes. On Saturday night, they must have been using 6th Street as a thoroughfare. There was nothing but fire trucks and helicopters. Oh, and right, because you're near Wilshire. And they were on Wilshire and Westwood today, among other places, I guess. The peaceful protesters were at Wilshire near the federal building there uh, on the freeway. Oh, okay. I've marched there. When Clarence Thomas was confirmed, I marched there. I saw uh, your handprints there and your signature. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I thought it would have been worn away by this time. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, I'm feeling very depressed and upset, but well, then we're in the thick of it here. So I don't know if you're feeling. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit removed. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just still in the space of taking it all in. My emotions haven't kicked in yet. I'm just kind of like taking it in and observing it. And I'm impressed with some good stuff. Like it seems like in general here in LA, the cops are adopting a pretty good stance in terms yeah. of not forcing a violent response. That gives me a little bit of hope. They didn't, although Catherine walked over to 3rd and Fairfax and said everything was very calm. And then once the cops showed up, things got very tense. It seems to be that during the day, the demonstrations are peaceful and at night it becomes violent and looting starts. Right. I don't know what really is the truth of that. I do know that there are people who are spraying with spray cans, Black Lives Matter or BLM, all over the farmer's market and all over the place. A lot of them aren't from the Black Lives Matter movement. They're mm -hmm. inciting the anger of people right. to make it look as if Black Lives Matter is a vigilante group that's endorsing violence. Right. So that's very upsetting. That's confusing. We don't know who's doing what who's manipulating the situation. It, it, it's true. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are people on the extreme right who are involved mm -hmm. in it. I, I mm -hmm. imagine that there may be some on the extreme left who are involved in it. I, mm -hmm. I just, it's so hard to know or parse out who those factions are and what their motives are. I think the people who are looting, a lot of them are just angry and frustrated. And mm -hmm. they've said, to hell with the rule of law. Well, gosh, I saw on the local news, God, I hope they can run this several times. I'm going to have to go back and look for it on YouTube or something. It was happening live when I saw it this afternoon about two hours ago. It was a young shop owner in Long Beach whose shop had had the windows broken and all of that. And the neighbors and people had shown up and helped her to board it up and put up gates and things like that. You know, the news interviewer was saying, how do you feel? And she was great. She's kind of on the young side and very, really so eloquent. And I wish I could just quote her verbatim because she was brilliant. But her point was, she said, look, this isn't happening in a vacuum. This is a response to a spark that's been lit a long time ago and has been burning. And she said, I'm not angry at the effects of it. I'm not angry at the fire. I'm angry at the spark that has gone unnoticed and undealt with for all this time. She was, yeah, she yeah. said it so clearly, I can't even come close, but she was really clear because you could tell the news person with the microphone just wants something incendiary to say, you know, she wants her to say, I'm furious at these people. How can they do that? She says, no, I'm not angry at these people. I understand it. She says, I'm angry that our system has allowed these conditions to continue to where this is where young people have so little hope that they feel this is their one chance maybe at getting a little piece of some kind of pie in their life. But she wasn't as trite as I am being with her images. No, I consent that she was very eloquent. She was amazing. I couldn't believe it. They just happened to find this person who stated everything better than any of our leaders have been able yeah. to in all yeah. this time. I figured that we should address that up front because I don't know how bad it's going to get. I imagine it will get worse if the military does have some sort of role in this. Yeah, I don't mean to be naive, but I kind of hope anyway that people in the military would have cooler heads and would not rush into anything precipitously. Well, so how has your week been other than... Well, on a lighter note, I've been watching the documentary about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, how's that? On Netflix. Is it's it... very good, but it's very frustrating because so many people have gone unpunished, including him. I was going to say they 
made it look like he wasn't killed by anybody else. But on the other hand, they did bring in a doctor who said that the way this certain bone in his neck was broken, that's inconsistent with hanging yourself. It can only happen by strong force to the throat or the neck. They really expose his right-hand woman, Ghislaine Maxwell. And Ghislaine, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I get then that someone implied, one of this artist they talked to at the end, who was also one of the victims, she said something that seemed to imply that she's getting a free ride because she's turned state's evidence for the FBI on him. Oh. So that's why she's not getting prosecuted. But it was just implied. It wasn't really stated clearly. She was his pimp, basically. Right. But one thing that did surprise me that I hadn't known before that sort of supports the idea maybe it was suicide was that the night before it happened, he moved all his assets offshore so that none of the victims would be able to get at any of that money. And it was done very suddenly. And it was done like the night before he died. Did he do so, that in jail? Yeah, he had all kinds of perks. Oh my God. They go into when he was put in jail in Florida. And they go into that guy, his name's Alexander Acosta. He was temporarily Secretary of Labor for Trump. Totally corrupt, totally on the take. And they expose it pretty clearly. Back in Florida, they tried him before the more recent jailing of him in in New York. And the prosecutors made a sweetheart deal with Epstein and his defense team. And they didn't even include the victims or the victims' attorneys in hammering out that deal. Oh, I know, it was disgusting. So at least I think if we could somehow go after Alexander Acosta and people like him and people like that Dershowitz is really just now, what was his part of it? I wasn't clear on how he well he served as an attorney for Epstein but he also was involved they have girls who were saying that they serviced him that he was one of the clients for this prostitution ring it was really not a prostitution ring it was like Amway for underage prostitutes it was a pyramid scheme Ghislaine would usually get them in and she'd bring them over and then she'd say oh you get 200 bucks if you just give this rich man a massage. And of course, then it became rape. And then after it became rape, the girls were so shocked and in such a mess that they didn't quite know what to do. And he would purposely get girls from across the causeway in Palm Beach. Apparently, there's a big difference between West Palm Beach and Palm Beach. And oh, really? It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of like, what would you say here? Like between, say, Palm, well, now Palms has become fancy. But remember when Palms was kind of low, low rent, Venice. low rent, low Venice. and then and then Westwood was very fancy. So kind of that idea. He would get these young women from poor circumstances where the money was very important to them. Anyway, he would again get them to get their friends on board. And so it became like a pyramid scheme. So anyway, he would farm these girls out to his high power friends and Dershowitz was one of them. And it looked like Clinton was one of them, although they didn't really have the goods on Clinton. They just showed him on a trip to Africa where several of these girls were also there, but they didn't have any, I don't know I if any- I imagine that there. Clinton wouldn't have been part of it. Yeah, but you know who they really nail is Prince Andrew. Oh, and that's what yeah. I wanted to mention to you since when you're watching yeah. The Crown. That monarchy needs to come down. That Prince Andrew is a child sexual abuser. He slept with this underage girl and he's denying it. But her side of the story is so convincing and so believable. And you know he's full of shit. He has no royal privileges anymore. Well, I don't see how the whole royal family can even stand up with a prince in their midst who has done something like that. I mean, I guess it's the British people who have final say on that, but I don't get how they keep that family in power like that. It's funny because we just have watched one of the episodes where, I don't know how well you remember it, but there was a journalist 
who really question the legitimacy of the monarchy right. and, and the queen and how right. she related to people. Right. And, and he made so many really legitimate cases against right. the monarchy. Oh, yeah. You know, the fact that it was not modern. It wasn't part of the new British reality. What bugs me is they have this veneer of class, that they're classy, they're formal, and they're not. There is Jerry Springer as the worst Jerry Springer show, and Andrew's behavior shows that. Well, and I think also, Diane, really exposed that. Yeah. She exposed the fact that there was just so much disharmony in that family. Yeah. And they're supposed to bring dignity and, and a sense of self-esteem to the British people. Like, oh, we have this continuing tradition, but boy, I didn't care before because it's their business, it's not mine. But after I saw what Prince Andrew did, it's like, no, that monarchy should be brought down. Yeah. Really I didn't realize that Andrew is Charles's younger brother. He was married yeah. to Fergie, right? Right. It sure does show you. We knew it already, but it really demonstrates how there's a very unequal justice system in the country. Who brought Epstein down, finally? What was the... They were finally able to get enough victims willing to come forward who had really concrete evidence. And somehow it had something to do with moving it away from Florida and getting New York to prosecute it. Oh, that's right. Um, and That's also right. getting it to include charges of taking girls across state borders for prostitution, which made right. charges more serious. I think that's uh, also called kidnapping. There's so, kidnapping. yeah, they amassed a greater volume of people willing to come forward, and that had always been a problem because that was part of what they did. That was part of the abuse was they would scare you from talking. They'd scare you that something, literally, they would threaten your, your family if you were to talk and say something. Yeah. So the girls were yeah. terrified. Was there an attorney general who was at the heart of the... Yes, and there was also a judge who, I think it's Berman, I think he might be still doing some of the stuff around Trump, I don't know. What I'm remembering is there was a judge that they featured who really did a great job because after the suicide, he still kept the case going and made sure that every victim got a chance to come oh, forward and right. say what had happened and have her day in court. The lawyer said, well, he's dead, so you should stop the case. And the judge refused to do it. He said, no, these women have come here to tell their story, and they're going to tell their story. So the one ray of hope, I mean, there were several rays of hope because there are good people doing good things. The main prosecutor down in Florida was a great guy. And you could see he was as pained as the victims themselves at how they got stonewalled and run out of court without a chance to say what happened. So you get to see the scum of the earth, but you also get to see these other people who stand up for what's right. Well, he sounds heroic. Definitely. But, I don't, you know, I love stuff like that. I love true crime. I just wish they were able to nab him and also the guys who he farmed these girls out to. How many episodes is that? Four. It's short. Are they an hour each? Uh, yes, I believe so. I saw it and I just thought it looked tawdry and so I didn't really consider watching it. But right. it sounds like it's not. Anyway, on a lighter note, <laughs> not that much lighter, I got this Fubo package, which will last a week because I was desperate to see at least the first episode of a miniseries called Quiz. And it's directed by Stephen Frears. I don't know if you know him. Maybe. I recognize his name, but I can't attach it to things I've seen of his. He's really good. Good. And one thing I learned about AMC and why I will let my subscription go and pay for each episode is because, God, do they have a lot of commercials. I mean, uh, there are so many. I've forgotten what commercial television is like. 
Anyway, the miniseries stars Michael Sheen, who played Tony Blair in The Queen. Oh, oh he was great in that. He was oh, great. Wow. Yeah. And he played um, David Frost in Ross Nixon. I'm already intrigued now. He plays the MC of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And it's about a group of people who didn't do anything illegal, but they managed to outsmart Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I don't oh. know much more than that because I've just come to the first episode and there's not much more than that. You just learn that there are people who are what are called hub quiz takers mm -hmm. and this is a thing in England that on I don't know it seemed like it was on Tuesday nights people go to pubs and they play quizzes mm -hmm. and they get very very good at it so there is a secret society of these people who decide that they're going to get the goods on who wants to be a millionaire and somebody's going to win a million dollars it's very intriguing it's very well directed so I, I'll continue on and watch it but I did want to at least watch one episode and report back so that's cool. my big report. Well, that sounds great. My friend Linda told me about something. I wondered if you'd heard of it. It's on Hulu. Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. Oh, it's about... It's a documentary. It's about the Hollywood... That's about... Is it about the, the gas station? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's more the true... It's more like the true version of it as opposed to a exactly. dramatization. Okay. It's a guy with a gas station. Did okay. she recommend it? Yeah, she liked it. Apparently, he serviced a lot of very high up Yeah. Celebrities. I read an article. Boys for Spencer Tracy and girls for Catherine Hepburn. And Is that right? crazy. Well, that's what this little article said. Of course, it's easy to say anything now. They're all dead. That's yeah. true. I believe the Catherine Hepburn part, I guess I find the Spencer Tracy part a little bit difficult, but then I can't make sense of their relationship. What else have you been taking a look steady, at this week? Steady diet of America's Next Top Model oh and my God, you're Crown. Still I saw The Crown three and a half years ago when it first came out, and I'm surprised that I've forgotten so much of it. It's really like I'm watching it for the first time. Actually, the big set pieces I remember, but I don't remember the details at all. It's so good. Oh my God, I don't know how they did the sets. I don't know if they got actually access to Buckingham Palace or how it worked, but it sure looked like Buckingham Palace. Oh, Catherine and I, we went to Santa Barbara and that was amazing because we got to sit inside a restaurant. You had to wear a mask when you huh? went in and you had to wear a mask to order. But once you got through that process, you could sit down and they brought your food to you. So we were just, I mean, we were giddy. Wow. From the idea that we could sit down in a restaurant for, and the bike path was open and we oh, were yeah. running our bikes around and oh, nice. there were stores that were open. And I asked someone who we found out she was a local and I said, are you just coming out of quarantine or what's going on? And she said that in Santa Barbara County, they hadn't really gone into full lockdown, oh. which was really strange because there we go, we drive home and then right. of course the whole place is locked down. I heard that Ventura County has a lower infection rate than the other counties in this area. So maybe Santa Barbara County too has a low rate. Maybe so, but it was thrilling. Absolutely. That sounds thrilling. fun. To tell you the truth, I'm a little concerned that I'm becoming too comfortable now in my in isolation. Oh. My solitude. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting to kind of dig it. And I love how it gives me a chance to. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds so new agey. It gives me a chance to do a lot of inner work, you know, like oh. meditation and yoga and my online support group. Of course, that goes on either way. I've gotten used to therapy through the Zoom thing. We have something similar to Zoom for my yeah. psychotherapy. Yeah, me too. And I'm starting to like it in here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to want to come out when they tell us all to come out. So you're doing online yoga? 
it's on, I forget if it's on Netflix or Amazon, but it's this yoga instructor named Adrian Mishler. And she does a beginning yoga that's very simple, but it's challenging enough. Do you think you'll resist going back to the old way of things? I can't because if they start having them in person, they'll probably shut down the Zoom meetings. But I'm hoping some Zoom meetings stay intact even after quarantine is over. Interesting. I really want to get back to the way things were. I want to be out and about. <laughs> well, I can see it's getting to be close to seven o'clock. So we should probably wrap okay. things up. Okay, okay. Well, don't get too comfortable because my well, birthday is coming up in June 30th. And if things have opened up, I, our birthdays are sacrosanct. Well, yes, they were. <laughs> they yes. were. They may not be future. Well, worst case scenario, we each concoct a thermos full of margaritas and yes, have a nice toast. Yes, I'll buy my own margarita mix. But if it can my be own, in person, masked or unmasked, so much the better. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you, Boomers, for yeah. finding us again. And we will be back with you again in a week. Bye, everyone. Stay safe. Bye-bye. 